Ryan. Hello, residents of Meepletown. This is Dean. Johnny President. And today we're going to be having a showdown between Yokohama and Yokohama Duel. Then we're going to be talking about a bunch of games again. So thanks for joining us for episode number 73. Residents of Meebletown, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his I Voted pin on. Dean also has a, an American flag top hat on with a Meebletown shirt. And he says, I want your vote. This is not election season. Thank goodness. Uh, actually, yes, it is. <laughs> and I guess the reason I said an American flag top hat is because I was just picturing one of those guys on the stilts you know what i'm talking about they don't do that anymore do they oh this thing has a dual purpose i see what you're doing here i know you do that's good that's but, clever john but do you know about the stilts right i mean you see that i've seen stilts yes you know like they would put like a like during some kind of a fourth of july celebration or something some guy would get on these giant stilts and wear this giant american top hat just like the sandlot yeah remember when, that, that's that's immediately what my mind went to on sandlot. yeah that's yeah. why i put that on your head yeah i would love to do that what, I would absolutely yes. I would absolutely love to get on some stilts and to go hop about. What do you? What about those pogo shoes? About. What would you rather have? Stilts. Yeah, because you're super high. You're like, look at yeah, you. But those look pogo at all shoes. you down there. Hey, the air up here is glorious. The the pogo shoes though, you can jump really high. Can you really jump that high though? Oh yeah, yes. Have you seen those? Do you know what I'm talking about? I do, but I didn't think you really jumped that high. Oh my goodness, yeah. I've got a student who has those, and then yeah, I think you might have a giant, like a not giant, like a pogo stick too. But you can jump super high in those things. Like what is super high? Like a hundred, a <laughs> hundred feet in the air. I have no idea how high you can. I could. Oh my god. I could dunk with those shoes. That's gotta be pretty. For real? High. I mean, well yeah. then maybe I would like to do that. I can almost dunk anyway. So no, you can't. I can get rim back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> and getting rim and dunking is really far away. But not with pogo shoes. See what I'm saying? Now you want these. I'm not seeing what you're saying. I want to watch a video. I want to see how high someone actually gets. I mean, you're standing on those things. You're almost as high as you are with people that have stilts on. Right? No. You need to I'm agree talking about, with- like, I want some really high stilts. Sorry if you heard some music in the background. I'm trying to watch a video of this. They're not that high. This podcast is really stilts going well so far. Stilts aren't that high. We, Dude, we, you can get some really high stilts. Yes, you can. I'm, I'm thinking about the what you were talking about. Like Sandlot, Uncle Sam, stilt guy. All right? It's not that high. These shoes, these pogo shoes look really dumb. Yeah. I'm just going to be real. But they're fantastic. I mean, maybe. I haven't seen anyone jump far. High. All I seem to do is hop about. High, high. They jump high. You could high. jump far. I guess. That's right. You know how far a, a kangaroo can jump, John? Like the distance? Have you been to the kangaroo thing at the Nashville Zoo? No. Where you can go. I haven't been to the Nashville Zoo in a while. My kids are getting older and they don't care as much. Well, I care. And you can go pet the kangaroos now. This has been there for years now. <laughs> well, I kind of like to do that. And it shows how far they can jump and it's like 30 feet. Okay. That's far. Yeah. That's really far. No, it is. You want pogo shoes? I'm just watching it. it I mean, you're ju- they're jumping pretty high, but it's not like ridiculous. Higher than you would if you have stilts on. 
Mm. Uh, but you're always that high with stilts. Yeah, but this time you're only that high every time you jump. Yeah, but can you do flips and stilts? I'm not going to try flips in those pogo shoes. What do you think yeah, is going to happen? We're too old for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even take the trash out the other day without getting winded. That's true. And then you 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 pulled your back playing duck duck goose. So why do you think you're going to be able to do flips in my a wrist shoes? hurts from cutting my grass yesterday too? By the way, I'm gonna throw that in there. I oh, I'm falling apart. When you, you know, get when you hit forty, man. It's 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 a game changer. That's what happens. Would you yeah. know why that you're dressed up? I mean, like I'm, I got I got two I'm Johnny President and all that kind of stuff. So one is for Yokohama. I'm guessing, right? Did you even consider that? No, you didn't. No, Yokohama. Like the whole premise is moving your president around. I thought that was what That's your true. mind first went to. Nah. So that was a dual purpose. I I knew there was a dual purpose. That's why I wanted you to tell me what it was. Well, the second purpose, the one that you picked, was. We, you want people to vote for us for why do you have to say you want people like you, you do? You do want people town. To let us. me tell you something. Do I pander to the crowds? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I have no problem doing that. Like, listen, if you pandered to me, I'm going to help you out. You scratch my back, I scratch your back. That's the whole thing about the world. If you listen to our podcast, we're assuming that you are that we are the best, your favorite podcast. That's what we're assuming, right? <laughs> um, or that you like, I mean, you can nominate up to 10. 10. So I would hope, I would hope, maybe not. Maybe we're terrible. Maybe we should tell people we're talking about. I would hope that we're at least in the top 10. Where do you vote here. for this? On iTunes? Where do you do BGG. this? BGG. And here, y'all, listen, we would really appreciate it. Do we think that we actually have a chance oh, no. to be nominated? No. No. But does I that can mean tell that you 20 podcasts that are better than ours. Are you Board kidding guy. me? I'm done with this. <laughs> You, you want me to start listening? No. Okay. All right. Stop. Don't give people ideas of other podcasts to go listen to. <laughs> well, the good thing is, I'm just kidding. If we stick this with this for about 30 years, I think we could get a nomination at some point down the road. Because once you win, you can't win again, right? You can't get nominated. Is that still a rule? So by process of elimination, slowly everyone else will win. Mm, I better say 40 years. You think we'll still do this when I'm 80? No. Okay. Well. This is our last chance then. We might not make it another year. We need your votes. <laughs> the way this is going. So yes, Meepletown, we would love it if you just went over to Board Game Geek and you voted us as nominated us. Like even if we're not your favorite, nominate us as one of the 10 that you can nominate. Best podcast. John. All right. Oh, John told me this before the podcast that I could share this. John is willing what? to pay you a dollar a vote. For, I did. I, I'm sorry. $10 a vote for. <laughs> yeah. Just prove to him that you voted. He'll Venmo you ten bucks. Is that right? I'm pretty sure that we would be in trouble for that. That's that's probably right. Yep. And no, I would never do that because I don't like. It's just like board games. Let's get back to board games. I would never want to win by cheating. You know, in board games, hey, has it ever? I mean, listen to this. I'm just gonna ask you a board game question, Dean. You ever you ever think about cheating when you're playing a game? Like it may be something simple, like oh man, I should have done that. And then you're like, yeah, I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> I don't think so, but it, like it, it sometimes I, I'm like, I would do anything to beat this person that is is annoying me at the table. It's driving you insane. Mm -hmm. It crosses my mind, and then like I can't do it. Like I'm like, okay, never mind. Like it's it's usually not a purposeful cheat. It's me catching myself doing. I've done something wrong, and I've already played a turn or something. And I'm like, dang it. I might as well just stick with that. But then I always like Johnny Honesty go back go guys stop the game I did something wrong that I shouldn't have done I bet people would 
I, I would imagine that people watching our videos are like, yeah, they cheat all the time. That's the next poll. Have you, do you ever cheat in board games? Yeah. I'd be really interested to you see. You think people that, hmm, that's interesting. It is. It, yeah, it just is be anonymous, honest, right? Yeah, be okay. honest. In the, with the, if you cheat in a board game, are you going to admit to it, even if it's anonymous? I don't know. I, don't, I, th- I think that p- we justify things and we pretend like it's not cheating, probably. I think that's what people would say. Well, it's really not. I just did X, Y, or Z. But yeah, I'd like to know. I would like to know if anyone will admit to cheating in board games. I would imagine I have cheated in board games. But like if I make this a habit or or like a... Uh, I guess cheating involves like a knowing, yeah. a knowing that you did that. So, yep. yeah. Nope. I don't yeah. care enough about board games. I love board games. I don't games, care enough about winning either. Yeah. I can't think of any time that I've cheated. Like I said, I have had those moments where I'm like, oh, here I go again. I'm about to redo that whole thing. And, I mean, it wasn't a bad move. <laughs> have you ever let anyone win? I have. Yeah. Yeah. I do. You go through these yeah. droughts, John, where you lose a lot of games. I feel bad for you. And so, so, <laughs> I waited until he took a drink of coffee. I started a I, winning streak lately. Is that what happened? Yeah. Was you his? have. You really have. You've been You've been putting the hammer down on those light games on me. Well, that's, I know. <laughs> it's always that. It's always that. No, it's not. It is not Almost that at always. all. Nah. All right. Let's do a board game poll. What do you okay. think? Okay. What we got? Okay. So this poll is based off of a conversation that I had with, or conversations. Dean and I have talked about this. Jonathan and I have talked about this. And the poll goes like so. For games that you've been gravitating? I don't know what that that means. It's like you're moving towards it, but you're contorting your body at the same time. Oh. So you're gravitating. You learn something new every day. That's it. That's a real word. Okay, I'll look it up. It's a real world. World. Word, (laughs) world. Would you say that you've been gravitating towards heavier, lighter, or the usual weight of the games that you typically play. So the you know the question is Dean's a midweight guy, but lately how do you feel? Do you feel like you've been playing a little heavier games? Do you feel like you've been playing lighter games or you think you've been about the same? Hmm. The games that I've actually been playing. Yeah, what you've been I, I wrote gravitating toward. So does it mean that you've actually been playing or like the ones you've kind of been wanting to play gravitating towards? I will say that the as you're thinking about this that the um, guild was radically different than Twitter. This is interesting. I'm so. I thought it would. I thought it would give us a conversation. I think. Piece. I'm going to say lighter. I'm going to say overall the answer is lighter. Okay. Okay. Would have been my guest. <laughs> I can't even you, talk. <laughs> would have been my guest. <laughs> Are we going to have a guest? A guest poll question on here. Okay. It's the, it's the same. Okay. Um, what would you say your second one is? What do you think second is? I think lighter. Yeah. Here's what's really interesting, Dean. On Twitter, lighter won 44% to same had 32% and heavier had 24%. In the guild, we had – let me just go over to the guild. You need a drum roll? I really could – I could really hear you drinking that drink that time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, I was on the guild page, and then I got off of it to vote for myself for the best board game podcast. 
Actually, I was doing all the nominations for my favorite games of the year and stuff. I think my drinking has gone bad. It tastes really bad. I'm going to keep drinking it, though. We'll see. We'll figure it out by the time I get done. Dean's drinking one of those uh, juice, cold-pressed juice drinks. I like to to juice myself, but I've been buying lately because it's been easier. Juicing is quite the process. Yes, it is. 77.8% of the guild said they've been playing same. Wow. So okay. what a radical difference from 44% on Twitter said light. So That's interesting. I, okay. I wonder if you would have asked this question even like six months ago, if it would have been heavier in the favor of light. Not necessarily that people want to. That's the, It gravitates the, the part that I'm getting hung up on because the, the difference is what are you actually playing and what do you want to play? So for yeah. me, you know, I'm a midweight guy. I typically want to play midweight games. But I've found myself playing some lighter games lately and being very okay with it. Yeah. That was what... So Jonathan and I had this conversation at the board game uh, whenever we hung out and played games the other day. And Four Gardens came up. We talked about that last time. And he had just said, like, I've been really wanting to play this. He's just... I've been gravitating towards, like, just some of these lighter games that I can play. You know, it's... And I agree. Like, I have been as well. And it's not... It's A lot of it has to do with time. Um, haven't had as much time lately. I, you know, get out these heavier, medium heavy games and they usually take like this weekend. I won't talk about it yet because I want to play it more, but we played Black Angel. Well, it took us two nights to play that game. And even though that game's not super long, it's just my wife just doesn't tend to have to desire to play more than like an hour of a game. And so we've been playing like shorter games, like one that I'm going to talk about not this week again. I'm just doing teasers for later on the whatnot cabinet. Steve Finn, Beth Sobel. I'm excited about talking about that. Um, I'm not saying that I love it, but I always am excited about talking about Steve Finn games. Okay, but what? But maybe I love it. But what would you say? Like, if you have an option, let's say tonight, hey, John, let's play games tonight. Let's play uh, a heavier game that you might be okay on. I was going to say Feast for Odin, but not that good. Like, some not something that you love, or like two, maybe like 45 minute games. That you're that you like more, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way of asking that question. Like, would you rather play, or maybe put them on the same like the same footing? I guess. Would you rather play two games that are a little bit lighter, but you still really like, or that longer game? I would probably go for the longer game. Yeah, and yeah. that's why I don't know if you would necessarily gravitate towards that, right? Or I think it has been. You've I just think been playing my, it more. I just think that it's my life situation. Okay, is why. Yeah. And I also think, and also think that I have been just really enjoying finding some lighter, fun games. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? I've I've been enjoying like thinkier, yeah, shorter games. Like, like you know, Paris, Paris City of, yeah. City of Lights is one that we recently talked about on the last podcast. Those type of games, I'm finding myself really, really enjoying. I played um, Broom Service over the weekend. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that at some point, not today, but it's a it's a weight of two point four, and I'm like, wow, I really want to play a lot of games like this. You mm-hmm. know, like it's. It definitely is that that midweight euro. Maybe on the lighter side, uh, two point four seems like that might yeah. even be a little high. Um, but I liked it a lot, you know, and yeah. I want to play more like that. Let me give you some comments okay. from the guild. So Peter Schott says he's never been a super heavy game player, uh, mostly because it takes too long, and I get that completely. I'd rather just play something um, that we can get the same feel, but it's you know a little bit shorter. I, at some point. I'm going to game with him because I feel like every comment that he makes, I'm like, yep, that's me. Yeah, makes I, sense. I feel like we would be good gamer yeah. buddies. 
Matt Walker says that he's been gravitating towards heavier games recently, which that's cool to have a different one. Um, he said but he's going to pin it on the walkdown basically in the UK and doesn't have time to – they can't go a lot of places, so just convinces housemates to – play something that's big and beastly he says you know oh, just yeah. play something and yeah. i get that too like that's why i asked the question because i also thought some people might gravitate towards heavier because they've just not been able to go out and do as many things so maybe with the people they can play with you know that they do that so yeah and then uh andrew heim said that he likes our medium heavyweight videos more so this isn't i guess a personal thing what he's doing but just wanted to let us know dean what are what are those examples? His, his, point, I wonder, his like, point is that the lighter games he doesn't he likes to have run throughs of games that are like a little bit more complicated because he doesn't feel like he needs like the lighter run throughs of games as much. Oh, I got you. So that makes sense. Like just okay. saying, like he just feels like it, the ones that are lighter and easier to learn. He likes to he likes when we talk about them, but doesn't really need a whole run through of them. So I got gotcha. you. That's so a, he used he used that platform to take a shot at us. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, to totally help kidding. us. No, 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 no. That that does make sense. I get that. And I honestly, I'm I get the what same he's way. saying. I totally I get what he's thing. saying. I get what he's saying. Yep. The problem is, is those longer games take a lot longer to do. Yeah. And that's is the challenge. Can we talk about games we've been playing lately? Are we are we done with the poll, or you need more time? No, I mean we're done with the poll. But why'd you have to sound like let's get done with this stupid poll? That's what he basically said. Can we get done with this stupid poll so we can move Are on to Are you kidding game? me? No, that was a good poll. I like that. Good good job. Way better than I do, John. That's why John took away my my uh, ability to post polls anymore because I, I didn't do a good job. I failed us. Can I just let me can I just show you something real quick? Okay. Is this a Chuck Norris joke? I can't no. handle it. Look at that. There's a guy oh, that tattooed wow. jump man on his back of his head, and the ball is a giant mole. That is clever. Oh. It's clever until you get some mole removed, and then what are you going to do? It's actually not clever because everyone's going to be staring at that mole even worse, <laughs> even more now. <laughs> oh, boy. How could you not? We got a lot of games to talk about, John. We got we got some so we to get through these. Yeah, I, we got a little bit of feedback, but not a lot based on our last episode. But because we've been you know having a lot of games to talk about lately, we just said, hey, what, how did you all feel about it? Like last time we called it Buncho Games and just kind of rapid fired. We're kind of doing the same today. With a showdown at the end. Yeah. So, okay, let's go, baby. I mean, we're a board game podcast. Don't we always talk about a bunch of games? Yeah, but I feel like it's we're going to be doing ratings and stuff a lot more than we usually do. We usually rate one game, maybe two. We're rating a bunch Ooh. of games. We're rating all these? We didn't say that. I wouldn't that. say we're rating all of them. Okay. Not all have, of them. I think what we had said was the ones that we had already posted done. videos for. Is that right? Yes. Ooh, I don't even know what I have on... Oh, this. Anyway, goodness. let's talk about Fistful of Meeples first. Is that yeah, good? Yeah, that's this is one I can't rate because I've only played it once. Uh, and me too. And me too. But but Johnny Peck sent us a signed copy of this game, which was really nice. That is love. Uh, it was lovely. It was lovely. It was lovely. Um, and I w- I've actually been wanting to play this one anyway. Speaking of uh, lighter games, I mean, it is over a two. It's a two point one, and so it's not as light as you might. Is it might appear? Mm-hmm. Would you say that right? So potentially, this, yeah. This is a uh, a man- mancala style game where you are picking up a fistful of meeples. They're going to be dropping them into these different saloon spots and then taking the action based on the the meeple that is then sitting outside of the saloon. So the brown ones represent builders. So if I put one of those outside of the of a of a saloon, I can then build my little token on that spot. Um, you can put miners 
and uh, uh, what is it? Miners and outlaws. Oh goodness, and it's deputies. Out, is that right? Basically, you're out in the wild west, so miners can do anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old you are. Oh, I see what you. I see what you did there. Yep. People mining for gold. Mm. How about that? There's miners in the saloon. Yeah. So the miners interact with the buildings that you have, and they give you uh, a certain amount of of of. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say gold, but it's not gold because you're drawing out of the bag, and it depends on what size building you have there. Um, the deputies will interact with the um, uh, with the outlaws. It might not be outlaws. I can't remember what that other one's called, the, the red ones. And This is where you and I different. I'm like, the yellow does this and the red does that. No, but it's a, it's a Wild West game. You can't... I mean, I think it's better when the way you say you yellow, it. it's, that means it's a different, perf- it's it's a different actually, connotation. It's actually thematic. Okay. Boy, you yellow? Yeah. You are yellow. Not all miners are yellow. Yellow belly sack of dung. <laughs> That's what I would say to everybody if I live in the Wild West. Anywho, so the deputies are going to be uh, arresting the outlaws, and basically every action with those outside of the builder, what they're going to be doing is allowing you to draw resources out of a bag. So it's either going to be stone or gold. There's only two resources. And then you use those to build buildings, and then you use the gold to buy gold bars. And, um, that's, that's kind of it. And then you yeah. also, you have a, um, you have duels potentially. So if you line up at the end of each street, if you have meeples and they're your meeples, then I'm going to duel John, which is a, just a quick roll of the dice. And, um, if you have the higher level meeple, then you get to roll again. If you roll lower and that's it. And you keep playing until, until you win, until I win. Well, when Johnny Pack sent the game, that's how Dean and I decided who got it was we got our BB guns out and mm-hmm. we dueled each other. We just shot each other till someone said uncle. Yep. Dean has the game. I have the game. That's exactly right. That's what we I should mean, do that more often. No, we shouldn't, John. I hurt myself walking in the mailbox and mowing my grass. So <laughs> shooting each other with BB guns is not, not top priority for me right now. What about paintball guns? Airsoft? You want to hear a story about my dad real fast? Oh, boy. When my, my dad's got a brother. When they were younger, they used to shoot BB guns through this uh, metal, uh, metal uh, like, tube under the road i don't i don't know okay anyway or in their yard or something like that they had this you know metal uh what's the word i'm looking for you're talking about for like drainage and stuff like a pipe kind of thing but it was a wider one so they would shoot a bb gun shoot a bb in there and then somebody would stand on the other end and watch it because they could see it but then one time (laughs) you know there's always like stories like that that start off here's what they do and then one time and probably the last time they did this my dad was like, I don't see it. I don't see it. And then, pow, hits him right between the eyes. And he has a scar today. Really? He does. That's right. At least he didn't hit him in the eye. Cause yeah, that's what I said. Could have shot his eye out. I was like, you were, you would literally have been the, the Christmas story. That would have been you. Wow. Well. Anywho. so fistful of, fist, of, of Meeple of Odin's. Fistful of Meeples. We played this two-player fistful with, of meeples. with us. Uh, this plays up to four. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of this one, John? Yeah. So let me just like go back to the, f- you know, before I played any Johnny Pat games, I had seen Feastful. <laughs> I can't say Fistful of Meeples. You I can't keep say saying a lot Feastful. of things today. I didn't last episode either. Like, I'm sorry. Or, no, the one with Jonathan, I remember. Like, I had to keep. Anyways. Um, and I think it's just like, I actually like the art and everything in the game. But for whatever reason, I think Dean had a similar experience. Just the game called A Fistful of Meeples that looked Western. 
I just felt thought it was going to be like a really light game that I'm not excited about. Yeah, and like so I just you have a thing too about like Meeple in the name of games. A lot I of do. Times. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's kind of a turnoff. And for we're me. Meeple Town, which is a shame. I know. <laughs> Actually, that is pretty bad. Well, it maybe the level of seriousness goes down a little bit if it has Meeple. That's in what there. it is. Okay. So it's not so, and I think that that was, and this game is. Why does this say a 2019 game? That was not a 2019 game, was it? Apparently, it was. Because I knew Johnny Pack. Maybe it was before I knew that Johnny Pack. Did. It was before I knew Johnny Pack did the game. I remember like seeing it a couple times and like just I didn't have, you know, that interest. But when I look at the box now, like I'm like, yeah, it looks, actually looks pretty good. The Miko did that. Yeah, the, the Miko did. Yeah. Like the art and everything's really good. I just I think it was just like just seeing it brushed past. Go, and I just kind of brushed past it, thinking it was probably like a really, you know, just roll some, chuck some dice, and you lucky, you know, kind of game or whatever. But I say that to say I really actually enjoyed this game. I like Mancala uh, style games. Uh, I like that mechanic a lot, and I thought it was pretty fun, Dean. It can be pretty thinky sometimes because you're pick, you know, determining where, when to pick up or the group of people to pick up and how they're going to go and what your opponents are going to do and all that is like it was surprisingly thinky. It's weighted at two point one. I think you did you mention that yeah that's but like but it yeah. was, but i was gonna say like it's one of those games that i feel like is like weighted lower but can be decently thinky and i like how it is short short and sweet mm-hmm. it's not it does not oversay its welcome no. at all sometimes yeah. those games can that like you're doing a lot of similar things and you are kind of in this game but I, if it's going to be doing that kind of stuff just boom let's, let's do quick boom end it let's go yeah yeah I, i'm with you and i think you know with this one it can it can be samey in that in that sense that you're doing the same thing over and over again. But sometimes I really like a lighter game that doesn't have like a lot of resources. I agree. Just, as just long fun. as it ends quick like that, I yeah. have no problem with it. Yeah, I'm with you. Now the 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 one thing that that you might not like is the rolling of the dice for the duel. Yeah. But again, it's so fast. I don't in this type of game. What I wouldn't want to do is a longer drawn out form of combat for that duel sure, yeah. that doesn't really need to be that long essentially if you win the duel it's going to allow you to get more draws out of the bag that's the whole point of this game is getting resources you're laughing because i'm saying draws yeah because you draws. said you're trying you're getting more draws out of the bag <laughs> i mean that that's the whole point of it but but again for this style of game for for like a lighter quicker game it, this is fun i've really enjoyed this one now this is at a two-player game, and I think it might even be better at four. Yeah. The problem is it might be a little bit longer at that point. I could have swore this came out like four years ago, but it's not. Maybe not longer, actually, because you the way the game ends. I liked it at two players. That was fun. I did, too. Yeah, I thought it was fun. This is, I really right, enjoyed this So, one. listen, I play. we play a lot of games, and Dean, you know, Dean and Johnny have a special relationship that me and Johnny apparently don't have. They talk more often, All even though time. we share the same name. All the time. So he sent it to Dean, which I understand. <laughs> I've, th- but I, what, let me say this: that like this is one I've like, man, I need to borrow this and play it, so I might go pick it up. Because if my wife likes it, it was a good game. I, I play a lot of games, so I don't say that about a lot. So it's actually this is a good game. He probably sent it to both of us, and I just said it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. On the box, it literally. It's said, only one game. To Dean, my favorite member of the Meeple Town. Yours truly, Absolutely Johnny not. Pack. No, I said to Meeple Town, so it was actually for both of us. Maybe we should keep it in Meeple Town Studios, and we can both play it and enjoy it. Okay. Nope. <laughs> 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 I'm going to hold on to this one. Okay, I picked up Coloma. We're going to play that one, though. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to get that one, and now I want to get Sierra West because I watch videos when I had COVID, and it looks a lot of fun. Oh, uh, 
I, sorry, I didn't mean to. Yes, I want to play both those games. Another positive of this game is it's small table space. Yes. So it's a small box, small table space. So if you're just going to like a cafe or something. Oh, this is a great cafe game. Perfect game for that. That was another thing that intrigued me. Oh, it didn't treat me, excited me when we were playing it. And if you like Mancala, this is probably like of those ones that I've played, probably like the shorter end of yeah. these. Definitely it's like a real five tribes game. or something. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. Yep. I'm this glad he sent that to us. Next up is... He doesn't disappoint me. Johnny, you've never disappointed me before. <laughs> That's the truth. Hallertau. Ooh. Speaking of disappointment. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Not necessarily. You can't say the same thing about Uva? Um, so, well, let's just talk about okay. the game. Hallertau. Are we doing like art and components and all that kind of stuff? Nah, and we'll just, well, if, if it strikes us. If it, if it okay. tickles our fancy, then yes. So, first of all, what is Hallertau? Hallertau. Hallertau is a farming game. Do you want me to say this? You got it. You well, got it. It's, a, it's a farming game that highlights, I'm going to get to this in a second, and I didn't talk about this on the YouTube video, and I'm really disappointed that I didn't. That highlights like it's a big beer brewing game, you know, because that region is known for its hops. But basically, it's a farming game, right? So you're going to be doing like other Uva games. You're going to be sending out workers. The only difference in this and some of his others is that instead of just sending out one worker to block a spot, you know, I'm taking this, you know, spot to get some veggies. Uh, you're either going to pay one, two, or three workers just based on how many you're previously there. So if Dean had played one, then I would play two. And if there were two there, I would pay three. Well, this whole game, Dean, revolves around shoving your house over as far as possible. Because what's more thematic than doing really well in life and then shoving your house over to gain more points? That's how you keep up with the Joneses in this world. Whoever's house is shoved over the furthest that you can prove that you've moved it over the most is like, you know, the most wealthy person there is. You know what? They should have just made it mobile homes and that would have been a lot more thematic. <laughs> I, right? I might have liked it better. I might. Moving your mobile home. Yeah. So what you're doing in the game is you're basically collecting resources, right? To move these buildings over. That's not your main house, a bake house and different things like that by giving up resources at the end of each round. When those move to the right, it now moves your house over to the right. Um, but also there's a lot of, I don't want to get to everything that is, that is in this game, but there's a lot of card play in this game, which is one of the things that really intrigued me off the bat was the idea of just, there's, you can get cards all the time. You can play cards all the time. I thought that, that might be really, really cool. That's all I'm going to say. Dean, I've talked a minute. Why don't you give your initial thoughts? Yeah. So I like this one. If you watch our video, you know, uh, I don't remember what my rating was, honestly, maybe like a seven. I think it was a seven. Yes, it was. Is that right? I'm okay. pretty sure it was. So I really like the gameplay of this a lot. I thought mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. The The worker placement, I know that, that, John, that wasn't your favorite pieces of it, but I really liked it. I, yeah. I like that you, it's, it's open, it's wide open, and you're not blocking spots. Well, you can block spots, but you do have to pay more. And so in that sense, you're kind of like lightly blocking spots and keeping yeah. people from, from going there. I really like that. I like the card play in this. I like that you're, you know, from those cards, you're able to, once you meet certain requirements, get uh, things that benefit you every round or like one-time benefits or whatever. There's a lot of really cool things that I like about this game. But then when it really comes down to like the gameplay itself, that every round, all you're doing is gaining all of these resources just to move your house over sure, yeah. and getting points that way. And that part, 
it did not get me. I yeah. did not love that part. And in fact, that's, you know, I don't feel the need to play this game much more. Although if you, if you recommended, I would play it for sure. Cause I enjoyed it, the gameplay mm-hmm. itself, but that end of the round, how that works and really the kind of the crux of the game. Right. I mean, yeah, it, it just didn't, it didn't do it for me. Yeah. So a couple points I want to quickly make. Uh, first of all, when I first saw this game and Dean saw, when we first saw this game, Dean, it was like, it is time to get jacked. It's like crank it up to 11, the anticipation, Uwe Rosenberg and hops. Because for whatever reason, Dean and I don't even drink that much beer, but we like a beer <laughs> make it drinking game. Nope. That's beer brewing. Like it's a, it's a theme. That's, that's how intriguing. you try to sell me on this game, by the way. You were like, you're going to love this game because it has beer uh, before you played it. Yeah. It does but not it have beer. It has nothing to do with it. <laughs> the only thing that it has to do is one of the resources is a hop. That is literally it. It was, and well, it has a brew technically, house. Yeah, technically you're spending those resources to produce beer, but you don't really know that. No, I, it was, that was a huge disappointment for me to like, just think like this could be about, you know, growing hops, producing beer and stuff. And I got really excited at first. And then whenever I started watching videos and stuff, I was like, ugh, bummer. It's just, you know, farming again, which I like farming, but it, the theme was just, you know, it was okay. Whatever. I prefer in a Rosenberg game where you can just block spots. And Dean, that's where Dean was talking about earlier whenever he said that he likes the way that you can, if I've played the one cube, he can play the two. And so, yes, it cost him more, which is tough but you can still go to that spot. It's not so tight on the placement. Not me. I like going and going, having those really grueling decisions of, dude, if Dean goes there, then I can't do that action this round and I'm going to be hosed. Maybe in this game that would have been tough to do because you're trying to get a ton of resources, you know, to move everything over or whatever. I didn't love that, but that's okay. What I did love... Well, there were multiple spots to get pretty much everything, though, Yeah, right? there were. So, so there you're was. right. That that loosens it up even more, I it, think. Even more. Yeah. What I did love is the way that the farming and planting works in this game, where if you, yeah. if you harvest a field, it depletes the nutrients in the soil, so they become less valuable. So if I did a field at level three, and I got three wheat, then it goes down to two for next round. And unless I fertilize it on the board, like that's one of the worker placement spots, it's going to stay at two. But if I don't use it, then the land rests, like in real life, and it grazes up. And next round, it would be a four instead of a two if I had used it, if I was originally on a three. Right. I loved that about the game. I thought that was really smart. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I, when it comes down to it, I agree. Not only did I do I like a worker placement tighter spot, but also I just... There wasn't that satisfaction. I know that this is, and maybe this is just, um, I don't know what the word for, maybe it, maybe I make, what I take, let me speak for you, John. I got you. Yep. In, in Agricola, I'll use that example. It's nice to like, you're doing all of these things, but then you're building something up. Mm-hmm. In this one, there is no building up. You're, you're spending the resources to move your house. Yeah. And, and, there is something less satisfying for me about that, that like that's, oh, so that's what I'm doing with these. I'm, yeah. I'm just moving this house. Well, that's what I was trying. I knew I was going to say that, but I was trying to figure out the word to be, to basically say, maybe that's just silly of me. You know what I mean? To, to be like, oh, it's such a big deal, but it is to me. It is like, I love Agricola or Caverna looking back at my board and feeling like here's my farmland, you know, here's mm-hmm. the cave that I hollowed out. Like I accomplished something. This is more kind of just puzzly. Like I, 
the game because it doesn't feel like you really accomplished anything besides like pushing things over. Yeah. You know, like checking off boxes on Gonshan Clever or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, okay, yeah, it's cool. It happened. But the reason that I say that is like, I mean, maybe if I'd played this game years ago before I'd play some of these other games and stuff, then I might like it even more. But now it just, it's just falls into, and I do like the card play. I mentioned the card play. I think the card play is pretty good. It falls into this, um, you know, I gave it a seven. I'll just tell you right now. I gave it a seven also, which means I'm usually willing to play it. It's a solid game. I like it. I understand. I have friends that love this game. JD, if you're listening, he loves it. A buddy of mine that just me and him agree on most games. He says this is a top 10 game for him. For me, it's at the bottom tier of Uva's big box games. I would say maybe maybe this is in line with what you're saying too. The strategy in this one it's very linear, you know, like mm-hmm. in, in Agricola, like you can go a Explore lot of different, different routes. You can, you totally can do the, in, in Caverna, I've not played it, but in, in my watches, it seems like that's, that's the same way. This one, there's not like yep. you get points from other things. Like you can get points from cards, but a vast majority of the points you're going to get are moving your house. Because if you don't move your house up sure. all the way, if you do move your house up all the way, it's what is it? 70, 70, points? Or 72 or something like 70 that. 70-something points for moving your house all the way, plus opening up those... Uh, three spots. Those three spots yeah. that, that give you even more points. So you have to do that, right? Sure, like, yeah, and, yeah. and that becomes like the main strategy of the game, and those other things are just like bonuses, it feels like. Exactly right. Just like bonus cards to try to get some more points. Yeah, and that's and that's it. I mean, that's I've said this. I said that on the YouTube video, the like... I love saying, hey, I'm going to go heavy in you know, like pillaging with my dwarfs in Caverna. Just, I want to go that way. Or whenever I'm playing a Feast for Odin, I want to go whaling a lot this game. And just, it makes the games feel different. It makes it every time. Like, I love exploring the different strategies. I think that's fun. In this one, it's just, it's a fine game. Like, I don't want anyone to think that the game's not good. But it is going on the for sale pile for me. Because I just don't... I would rather play Agricola. I'd rather play Caverna. I'd rather play Feast for Odin. I'd probably probably rather play Noosefjord. I'd rather play Fields of Arl, Arla. Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's... Like, most of his... Like, I would, this is really lower. But it's still... I gave it a 7, meaning if someone says you want to play it, I'm usually willing to play it because, yeah, it's a cool game. It's just... I'm not going to suggest it. Yeah. Because there's other ones... Many other ones I would rather suggest. All right. We got to move on. Yeah. So, whenever I said disappointed earlier... I mean, look, we've talked about this. I don't see the world, Dean. I know you would say that I do through Rosenberg colored glasses. And that proves it right there. Right there, Dean. That proves it. I didn't love his new game. I was disappointed. You're, it yeah. wasn't bad, but I was You're not dis- disappointed in the game. No, I was disappointed. Like I was super jacked about that game. It was my number one most anticipated. Absolutely didn't even come close to making my top 10 games of the year. Ooh, we need to go back and look at that list. Re- revisit that. I don't remember what my number was, one was now. I think it was a game that I haven't played. I think Tekenu was, was my first number one. Then we went back and did it again, and it was Hallertow, I think. Monasterium, I think, was mine. And you had oh no no, no. Anno eighteen hundred one of those, and I haven't played either one because they're not. Yeah. I think I played almost all of mine. Surprisingly, anyways, what's next? Next is a David Turtsky game. That's uh, ah. Roman Roman roll. Right. Speaking of David, we gave him. The Meeple Town Game of the Year. All right. This was another game that came out in 2020, though, and it wasn't on either one of our list. 
Let's talk about it now and see if maybe it would have made the list. Go for it, baby. Roman Roll is a roll and write game, okay? You are rolling these dice that are going to give you resources. And essentially what you're doing is you're building up Rome. So you're going to be using these dice to build uh, different buildings that will give you special abilities. They'll give you in-game scoring. They'll give you lots of different things. You're going to be rolling dice to be able to get, um, uh, well... The, the dice don't give you the the soldiers, but you'll get soldiers from those buildings as well. And then when you have soldiers, you'll use those to conquer lands. And when you conquer those different areas, you can also expand your territory from Rome to those places, which will give you points. It'll give you resources, lots of different things. Mm-hmm. But the the big thing in this game really is that it's it's a bit of a race game in the sense that you're racing to get these Nero cards if you reach a certain uh, 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 point on your track. Okay. If I build a certain amount of buildings and I reach this point, then I will get a Nero card. Or if I expand my territory so much, then, and I get to this certain point, then I'll get one of the Nero cards. And that's the timer for the game. When those are gone, then that will trigger the end of the game after you play one more round. But the the big thing about that is that there's four different boards in the box. And so John might have to build like six buildings and I might have to build eight or something mm-hmm. like that. Or he might have to get 13 uh, expanded territories or, or move up to, you know, 14 on the glory track. I just made up all those numbers. And then also you each get special abilities as you are, as you are pandering to your advisors, basically as you're, as you're perfect game for me, paying resources to the advisors, they'll give you special abilities. And those are vastly different from character to character. But that's, that's really it. It's dice drafting. When you draft those dice, then you use them for the different actions, and you can do multiple actions with those dice yeah. depending on the symbols. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that a good explanation? You like that? Yeah, I did. All right. You like the game? Yeah, I thought it was a good game. Okay. I did. Like I, So this is – I had a conversation with Dean about this after we finished playing is for the most part, when I play a roll and write game, it's probably more in the medium light categories right like i would say most of them around probably two weight would you say so that you've played yeah, yeah i think so maybe maybe I'm, I'm guessing maybe even not that high for some of the ones that i really like so even definitely though, not as weighty as this one for sure and so even though i saw this is weighted 3.22 i don't think my mind was ready for a roll and write game to make me think that hard <laughs> whenever i was playing the game um i don't think you're ready for this jelly john is it i, I guess can i take a really quick side as just very fast well, we, dean, we can't we don't have time for that dean constantly says let's kick this pig yeah and i've like i've been like that has to mean something and i don't know i mean i know what it means like let's go let's go let's do this thing but i was like where did that come from and I looked it up, and I asked Dean the other day, and he thought it meant let's kick this football, which American, makes sense, right? American football because it's made of pigskin. They call it the pigskin. Dean has been saying a phrase for years. That he has no idea what it means. Oh, I do that all the time, not just for this that's, one. That's dangerous. Yeah. Well, no, because you know what it means. You just don't know the background behind it. Yeah, but I mean that's dangerous. But it's not a bad thing though, right? It means kicking, kick, I mean, starting could, your could, hog. Your your. That's what uh, it is. So it's it's a motorcycle biker term yeah let's start let's kick this pig because you do you kickstart it you kick this hog is what it should be right but after i heard that i've been using it all the time because this is pretty bad and i don't want to use the other word it's pretty tough let's kick this pig i'm gonna start saying let's kick this pig skin maybe 
No. Is that? No. Let's kick. The, I mean, you can say whatever you want, but I'm going to be tough. Roman Let's roll. Kick this pig. So, yeah, Roman roll. Um, anyway, so I wasn't prepared for that. But I, I like the game. I really do. Uh, it's some pretty fun decisions about whenever you're drafting the dice. I enjoy that part. Like, oh, I really want this. You know, I if in a two-player game, I draft one, Dean drafts two, I draft the fourth one, you know, which I always love that. Do I take this one because I really need it? Do I look at what Dean's doing and go, mm, I don't think he's going to take this one, and by the time it comes back around, I'm going to get that? I think those are really fun. Also, you have the way the actions work and the putting buildings out and different things like that, a lot of them kind of string together. You know what I mean? Like you need, you know, this to do this and like trying to figure out how to make it all work. That's a That's pretty fun. And then I do like also that you have the buildings that you're putting out. Um, it matters where you put them, and you can score points or, or do different things based on if you have opponents or next to yours. The opponent buildings affect yours, is I guess what I'm trying to say. So trying to figure all that is it can be interesting. In a two-player game, though, you can kind of carve out your own stuff. But then they also I like the buildings. When you put buildings out, like they give you immediate bonuses or they're going to give you a bonus whenever you – do that particular action or something like that. So you are building an engine, you know, you got an engine going with Roman roll. Yeah. Now we didn't, I didn't mention this, but there's two sides of that main board too, that will flip over uh, for the higher player accounts. I think it might just be a two player game for that one side and then three and four player game. game I mean, it's a fairly tight board. I mean, you're still going to probably end up touching each other at some point, but yeah, you can kind of do your own thing. In fact, that last game that we played, we, we did, you know, I don't think we got any senators, yeah, no, I know yeah. I didn't. I didn't get any senators that whole game. And you get senators from building um, next to somebody else's building, and that will later on allow you to be able to get uh, an extra action or drafting another die, I think. Is is that right? Without looking at it right now. Say I, that I don't again. Remember. Drafting an extra die or getting another. It's not another action, is it? It's not right. I'm not sure where you're going, sorry. Anyway, with a senator. So, oh, oh, oh. So everything, and the reason why I don't remember, I'll say this, because everything that you need to know is laid out on that board, which yeah. I really like you play played this game quite a few times. I have, I have, yeah. Um, all the information, so the actions that you can take from the dice are listed on that board, and it's, it lays it out very well. The, the different abilities that you can get from the advisors are laid out really well. I, it's it's interesting because John, you had mentioned this. I don't remember exactly phrasing. So I'll throw it back to you. But you had mentioned maybe because there's so much text on those boards. You said it made you. It reminded you of something. I don't remember what that was. I was going to go there next. Was that like this? There's a lot of text everywhere. Even whenever you're building buildings, you're not placing a building anywhere because it's a roll and write. You're drawing the polyomino outline of the building and writing, you know, whatever it is. SH for what you know, or whatever the building, you know, the letters for the building is. Uh, so there's a lot of words and it remind it reminded me of those text. I know this is, is not even close to this, but you know, those text based video games that we used to play back in the early nineties, late eighties or whatever. It's like you walk into a forest and you do yeah. this. And it wasn't because that game, this game reminds me of that, but it was just like text everywhere like this. And like, and so I think that I kind of detracted from the game for me a little bit. Like, it didn't, even though I'm not like a super thematic guy, but it's just like, all right, I built this building, but I just kind of drew this thing and wrote a couple letters on it. I don't know. I, I don't know what to rate this game <laughs> because there's there's some things that I really like about it. I really like that's a heavier roll and write, and there's some fun decisions about what you're doing. But overall, I just don't feel that jacked up about playing it again. 
Like, I'm just like, okay, maybe it's that I, with a roll, if I'm going to play a game that heavy, I'd rather like build it out. Give me a board, give me some buildings and let's go for it. And I can like feel really satisfied with what I build. It's, it's interesting. I, I really, when I've soloed this, I soloed this before we had played it and I had really high hopes that you would really like this one. Yeah, I did too. And I love David. Like he makes great games. And I was not disappointed by this. One of the things when I first played it, I was like, I might rather have a board game version of this. Yeah. As opposed to, as opposed to a roll and write. But then the more I've played it, I'm like, actually, I don't know. One, it comes in a much smaller box, which is really nice. You don't, you can just like, you're writing down the resources that you're getting which that may or may not be something that you like, but I kind of like that, that you're not having to, that you're not having to have all of this stuff out on the board to be able, you know, to play it. it it's, it's nice. I like that. The, the, it's interesting that you talk about all the text on that, on your board, because when you say that it makes it sound like you have to read a lot when you're playing, but the reality is it's a built-in player aid. I mean, that's all it is. Sure, yeah, yeah. Most of the text on the board is a player aid, and then the abilities that you get from your advisors, but you don't have to read all those throughout. And then there's yeah. text on the cards, but no more than a than a normal board game, I don't think, right? And that's it. I, I don't disagree with that. It's just I think it's my expectation going into it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and if I'm – I think it's also if I'm going to play a game like that heavier, there's just a lot of other games I'd rather play. Sure. Okay. You know what I mean? Like the one reason that I would really stick with it and I haven't done that is I think the solo could be really cool because it could maybe scratch that itch of something like a midweight Euro that I can just throw down the table and play quick. Was the solo good? Cause you played a solo. It is. And you know how I feel about solos that I I want it to not like detract too much. I don't want to do too much upkeep from their side. Yeah. And this one doesn't have that. Yeah. I could see myself really liking the solo of this game. Yeah. I, I really want to, I really want to get the, expansion to the table i've really enjoyed this so yeah. I, i'll be doing probably a i don't know if i'll do a solo playthrough i'll i'm i'm planning on doing the video if we have time we'll both do it but we'll we'll see how that works out but how do you, you know rate it right now or no i don't know quite where i'm at i think Give i'm gonna range. i think i'll probably land an eight is what i'm okay. guessing I, i've really really enjoyed this one and i've but it's funny because like i see it on my shelf and i'm like i want to play that and yeah, I don't, you know, weird. like I just, How, this one so, yeah. I gravitate towards. I've really been gravitating towards this game a lot. 60 to 90 minutes is a, you know, that's a longer player range. And I would say 90 minutes, even in a two player game is possible. I think yeah. probably both of our game. Well, the second, second game that we played together is probably an hour. I would say it's, that, I think that's another piece to it that I didn't love was that it is a more lengthy game as well. You were ready for it to be done. With, you know, I was like, you said, like yeah. I, if it was around 45 minutes, I think I would have liked it a lot more, but I just kind of was like, yeah, all right, I'm done. Like, I've already built some of the, a lot of these buildings. Okay, I can build another one of these, you know. But maybe we aren't as skilled about at it. And But you said it says 60 to 90 minutes, so we did that. So that's that's what it is. That's the expectation. Yeah. So I would probably give this about a 6.5 out of 10, maybe. I don't think I would give it a 7 because for whatever reason, I don't feel. And this is so interesting because I would have easily guessed our scores flip-flopped before we played this game. I could easily see like Dean giving this six and a half or seven and me wanting to give it like an eight. But I just, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a fine game. David's becoming uh, one of my favorite designers, oh, which him. is really strange yeah. because I, I know you've liked him for a long time and I, and I have too, but nothing like I'm just going crazy about. You have about, to play Anachrony. I know, I know. But like, there's a good range in his games too because Kitchen Rush yeah. is one that I really want to play sometime. And anyway, there's a lot of good games that he's worked on 
And this is this a might be range. one of my favorites. A wide maybe, range. maybe, yeah. yeah. I really like this one a lot. So anyway, that is Roman Roll. The expansion, the Kickstarter, I'm sure is done by now. Uh, but definitely, if you're interested in that one, check it out. You should be able to get the base game anyway. All right, ready to talk about one of your faves. What's the next game? Renature. I thought that's what you were going to say. So why are you going to try to spill stop, the beans? Stop talking about Renature all the time because you've talked about it. Why do you always tell me that I'm always talking about games all the time? This one on Alhambra have to be your favorite games of all time. Oh, my gosh. Because I've never heard anyone talk about games as much as you talk about these two. So (laughs) we haven't actually done a detailed, and we're not going to go into super details, but a detailed, you know, kind of rundown of the old re-nature. A Kriesling Kriesling (laughs) Crom game. Oh, my goodness. I just put their names together. (laughs) Kriesling. Oh, boy. That's kind of scary. If someone's name was Kriesling, if you... We're not married, and the you were looking at a girl, and you're like, I might date her, and you found out her name was Kriesling. Would you like be like, mm, that's kind of scary. I don't know if I. I think that is a name. Like first name is that what you're talking about, or last name? Because you combine two last names. I bet there's somebody with the last name Kriesling. What if their first and last name was Kriesling? Kriesling. How do you spell Kriesling? K R I E S Ling. Is that not a? He's gonna look it up. Anyway, so in this that's game. Not- it's a domino game. Um, you're going to have three dominoes in your hand. And whenever you place the domino, it's got to go in one of four starting spots, or you have to match it up with the animals. And they're little animals, little cute animals on the dominoes. And they all have to match up. After you do that, there's little patches of dirt next to where you lay the dominoes, probably, at least one side of it. And if you want to, you can plant a tree. Or you can plant some grass or a bush or something like that into those dirt spots. When you plant the tree or the bush or whatever, they're either value one, two, three, or four. You score a point for the place, the one that you just placed, plus anything else in that region. And the regions can have two spots. They could go all the way to a bunch of spots. Plus every other thing that's planted in that region of equal or lesser value. Also, because I said they're going to be worth one, two, three, or four uh, majority points or whatever they are. Whoever has the highest majority when one of those places is closed wins the points there. But interestingly enough, if someone closes the area, even if they have nothing there, they just the one who closed it, they get a little token with a little, little extra something something on the back of it. Isn't that right, Deanie? Could be one point. Could be four points. She was, I think it's between like one and five points. That's mostly the game. There is a, you know, a thing where you can change the wild because one animal is wild and you can put them next to anything so the butterfly starts off as wild but you could change it to you know whatever you want change to a little badger you know what i'm saying besides that you could also i'm just i don't want to go yeah am i going too much let's just, let's just <laughs> i fell asleep so i don't know let's don't, just talk about the i don't game. know where you're at right now what are we talking about renature yeah what do you think about renature renature is a fun game it is a out of all of these games that we're talking about today, I would say the thinkiest, probably. It's a thinky game, really thinky. The, especially the more, like, the deeper you get into the game, the more the board opens up and the more opportunities that you have to place. And so it becomes a little, uh, even an analysis paralysis prone, I guess, towards the end because you're like, I could place here or I could place here or, you know, try to mess this person up or whatever. So I think that as the game goes on, it becomes uh, harder and harder to make those decisions. And I say that because it's not a, like the the actions themselves are not difficult, 
but the thinkiness is is pretty high. That that level is pretty high. But I like the gameplay itself. I think this is. I, I've really enjoyed our our plays of this. We did a full right. We did a full playthrough of this one. Is that right? Yeah, we did. Okay. And you won, I think. I was. I gave this one a seven and a half because I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't like elite game, and it wasn't gonna make. It wasn't gonna make top top ten for me on the year, but I still really enjoyed it. So hey, here we go. I love this game. Dean was right. This game is fantastic. No, I didn't say that. This game is so <laughs> good. No, here's why it's good. For this is for me. Um, something there's something comforting about the board art, by the way, from Dennis Lohausen. It's like Grandma's Kitchen. But what's first of all, I love that you lay dominoes, and that brings me back to playing like Mexican train dominoes or things like that. You know, whenever I was younger, my wife's family loves you know dominoes and playing dominoes. So like I, I there's something comforting about that in the game. But this game is like it's like you know how Root has a bunch of like you know little cutesy characters, but it's super cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. Oh yeah, this absolutely. game is like like under the guise of you know putting badgers and bats out and just these little like cute looking animals and there's sunflowers everywhere is a super cutthroat game because not only do you have your own um, pieces to go plant but you also have like these neutral tiles that you can put out there that score you the points when you lay it down but have nothing that they do not score you points whenever it goes to the area majority that can happen so you basically use them to cut other people's throats uh, that's just the truth, right, Dean? No, we didn't do that. And that's it. I mean, that's basically <laughs> it. So, like, if you're highly sensitive, this game, you might not like the game. But my wife is pretty sensitive, and she likes it. And I think it has to do with just packaging it in this, like, cutesy kind of thing. And you're saying, I'm laying dominoes. Oh, he beat me there. But, hey, you can really mess people over. There's no doubt about it in this game. Because uh-huh. you also can use clouds to take pieces back that are already placed on the board, but you only have six and it's hard to get more. So like you have to be super strategic about when to use them, but like maybe Dean puts a neutral tile in this area and I don't like that neutral tile there because now I'm going to lose because another thing I failed to mention is if you tie with another player. So let's say I have a one value piece and then Dean goes and smacks a big old three daddy in there to be like, you know what? I'm going to win this. Then I go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a three neutral in there to now I just neutralized your three daddy and I win. That's why it can be kind of mean. But Dean, if the place hasn't closed, can go, you know what? Forget you, John. I'm going to take the three and I'm going to take that neutral tile back and I'm going to pull it back out of there. Those are just, the game isn't like all these crazy decisions, I don't think, but they matter. I feel like every time you're playing this game, it matters. And what's also I really like about it is that it, changes pretty dramatically i feel like the way the game feels with different player counts in a two-player game like dean has played super tactical back and forth boom boom he does this i do this she does this i do this back and forth back and forth when it gets to be more and more players it changes pretty dramatically because it's like man i just made my move but several things can happen whenever it comes to this or we could team up on someone who looks like they're taking the lead like it is with a lot of area control games or whatever Um, And the domino count changes dramatically. Like if you're playing two players, you have like 20 something dominoes. If you play four players, you have 13, which I like it better at two or three personally, because man, it feels like you just don't get that many turns on a four player game. And if things don't go your way, it's not good. And there can be some luck in this game. Well, there is luck. I mean, there no doubt is luck because you're, you're drawing tiles uh, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing now because you can, like John mentioned, you can change the the, the animal to a wild. Yeah. However, you know if you're just consistently drawing poorly, 
changing that is a huge disadvantage, you know, like changing the wild is a big disadvantage because you want to be able to use those clouds for something else down the road. Yeah. You'd rather probably not, you'd rather not change the wild. Yes. But more often than not, there's going to be something that you can do anyway. Right. Like mostly there more often than not, there's going to be spots. Now early in the game, you can place in areas where you don't have uh, dominoes out there, mm-hmm. but then as the game goes on, but as the game spreads out, there's lots of different options to yeah. to go to. But again, it can be luck. I'm not saying that's a, a problem. I don't. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a big deal. But there is luck. Well, what I I just love about the game in in a nutshell is that I can teach this to anyone. And I, I read someone did a review and basically said the challenge with this game is that it's kind of in between a gateway game. It's almost like a gateway game for gamers. To where, like, you can teach it to anyone, but if you know what you're... And I, that's not true, though, because I've taught it to people, and they've beat me easily. Like, whenever you only have... When you're playing four players, I kind of coach them through, you know, some of the moves to make and stuff like that. Sure, yeah. But, like, it's a really tight game in a, in a player, in that type of a player count. And I've lost. I mean, I played with a, with a couple the other night, taught them the game, and I came in second, or third even, maybe. And I played the game a lot. I, I love that I can play this thing with anyone and it's like cool area majority, cool kind of cutthroat. This is way high on the list for me because of the simplicity of teaching it. Yeah. And the way that and just playing the dominoes and stuff. I I just I think it's just such a brilliant game of theirs. It is. It is really brilliant. I don't get the hype as much as you do, but yeah. I still really enjoy it. I've I've enjoyed my plays of this for sure. You know, if you follow like if you not follow if you enjoy the games that I say this is one I would say with caution go watch because there's something I think homey about it that I just like that I could see other people going yeah I like that game John but you're a little hype on it Mm -hmm. it is interesting you you did compare this and and not like they're the same game at all but you had made a comparison to Azul that that this was the game that you had hoped Azul would be that's a great statement maybe more that I made (laughs) (laughs) yes this is this is exactly that's exactly thanks for reminding me of that like I that's what I feel like I feel like this is the Kiesling game that I wish Azul would be for me like Azul is fine I like Azul I bring it as a gateway game I teach it to people regularly I like it but for me it doesn't scratch that kind of the brain itch that that really more like you just said meteor kind of game even though the weight's about the same you know what's interesting? So Azul is, is higher on my list for sure, no doubt. But it's interesting to me that maybe because because of that very thing that you're saying is why it doesn't bring it up to that same level for me. Because I guess for me, like when I think a domino style game, I don't necessarily want that to think that much. It's like we're, it's exactly the opposite of the last game we talked about. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like when I think of rolling right, I'm thinking, yeah, let's just something easy, yeah. easy going. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know if I want to think that hard if I'm playing a rolling route. And you feel the same way about this because the dominoes and the lighter, the easy teach. But then when you get into it, you're like, whoa, whoa. If I don't pay attention, I'm not thinking hard. This is, I'm going to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Fun game still though. Read nature. And it's a lot of hype around this one. A it's lot one of, of my lot favorite of games like of the this. year. Like when I did it, I had it number three. It could have been my number one. Honestly. I thought it would be. Your yeah. Like one. it's, it didn't really matter. Like I, that and Tawant and Suyu and Bonfire were kind of just toss it up. Probably. I really liked all three of those games a lot. Yeah. Fun times. Read nature. Well, let's get to an oldie, but a goodie. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. An oldie, for sure, and a lot of people like this one. This one is ranked 79 overall. We're going to talk about El Grande. So we had a uh, a day where we played some games last weekend, and John, I, I said, hey, let's play Hansa Teutonica. And I really want to play that game. And you said, nope, get that garbage <laughs> out of my face. 
I want to play El Grande. And I did not argue because I always am up for El Grande. For I have sure. never played El Grande prior to a week or two ago. And I've hyped it up a lot for you. And you oh, but I've watched videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've watched yeah. and I've been like, I am going to love this game is what I thought. And I've almost just bought it because of that. But I'm like, hold up. If I'm going to pay $100, because it's going to be at least $80, $90, I think, to buy this dead gum game, <laughs> I better have played it first. Let me explain the game first real real fast. So this is a, a really like, um, you know, a lot of people would call this like the, the grandfather of area control games. So in this game, you each have cards li- numbered 1 through 13. Now I'm going to talk about the base game. Nothing, no expansion stuff in here. So cards labeled 1 through 13. The lower cards have higher meeple count. The higher ones have zero meeples. And you're going to play a card that determines the player order for the drafting, but also how many meeples you're going to take from your from the province to move into your court. And the court ones are the ones that you're able to put out onto the board. So if I play a one, I get six meeples into my court. And then that means I'm also going to probably be last for that round, or I will be last, I mm-hmm. guess, at that point, if I'm the first one to go, because then the next player plays a card, they can't play the same number card. They keep going around. And then whoever has the highest number is going to be the first player to draft the card that round. When you draft a card, you take the action on the card that can be it can give you, you know, scoring an area. It can be putting meeples into the certain area or taking meeples off or moving them around, manipulating the board, essentially. Then it also has a meeple count at the bottom, and those are meeples that you can take from your court and put them out onto the board or into the Castillo. Uh, Castilla? Castillo? Castillo. Castillo. I think. When you do that, um, that's going to score at the end of every round. But basically, you're going to be, like putting a bunch of meeples out on the board and then scoring those different areas, three different scoring rounds every third round, and then the game is over. Yes. And I, I talked about Castillo, but I'm, it's not really that relevant for, for this kind of conversation. What do you think, John? Okay. What do I think? Met, nay, exceeded. Now, I don't know if it exceeded. I had really high expectations for this game. Mm. It was very good. Yeah. Um, I love... I, I do like area control quite a bit in games. Me too. Um, I do. But, and this was like, the reason that it drew me in was when I watched the video, I was like, wow, area control. And I like the way the cards play. I like the way that you're, you know, playing your card one to, what did you say that was? What is it? One to 13, 13 in right? the base That's game. That's what I yeah. thought. You, so I've only played this once. So let's just, so my thoughts are after one play. Uh, one to 13 and you're only playing it once unless you get a card to get it back, which you can do that. Yeah. But you're like, okay, do I really, you know, with the five cards that are laid out here, do I really care to go first this round? Or do all five of them make sense for me, right? Or is there one or two that's really standing out? And if so, maybe I do need to go ahead and play one of these higher cards. But even if I play 11, I know there's a 12 and 13 that I could not get it. So, wow, I'm pushing my luck by playing that 11. Or do I just play the dang 13 because I really want that card right now, right? really smart and then the other thing is is the actions the better actions let you put less people out on the map a lot of times so like you're like i really want to do that action but i'd really like to put more people out on the map because it's an area control game it's all about putting people out on the map so like that's really smart too that was one thing that i really thought was smart whenever i was not only when I watched the videos, then when I started playing was, wow, I'm kind of torn between doing this action and putting more people out. And wow, I just, those were interesting calls. And then I love the Castillo where you're like, okay, I'm going to throw some in there 
and you kind of have to pay attention to other players. That's one of my favorite parts. How many does Dean have in there? When we play this game, I often go heavy putting uh, putting people. I in did Castillo a decent amount in that too because it's it's a huge benefit because once you do that, then you're then going to all pick a territory and move them out to that territory. Yeah. If you have like six of them in there, you drastically change how the scoring is going to happen on the board. Absolutely, because now you've got this influx of all these new meeples in this area. I, I really like that. One thing we didn't mention was when you put your meeples out onto the board or your whatever they're called, they're not meeples, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, when you put your dudes out on the map, you are... They are meeples. You, the king's territory is taboo. That's what it says in the rule book. You can't do anything in that territory, removing, putting, or anything. But when you're placing them, they're going to go on the, on the outside of that. Mm-hmm. And so the fifth action that you can take uh, in those cards that you're drafting allows you to move the king and that can lock in a space if it's right before you know it can lock in your territory to get uh, to keep people from yeah. from doing anything there but also it determines where the new meeples are going to be placed out onto the board and I really I love that I think it's really cool absolutely yeah it's really smart you know that's the whole every time I'm playing this game you know kind of like re-nature like I'm in the sense of like it's not that hard to teach like it feels elegant you know like you know I don't we try not to use that word too much but I just feel like you can teach it pretty simply, but the decisions are can be kind of grueling in the game, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, do I want to move the king right now? Would that be advantageous for me? I made, in the at the end of the last game, I made a very selfish move, and I moved the king to the corner, and everyone got mad at me. But I was like, <laughs> I'm going to lose this game, so I don't care. <laughs> John literally said, I'm going to get mines, is what he said. Well, here's the thing. The game was over. Dean was, I mean, we were like, I wouldn't even say we are eating his dust because he was so far ahead. The dust was already settled by the time it got to our nostrils. Yeah, but I had played this game a lot. Now, there was only one other player at the table that had played this game, and he had played it several times too. I think he was second or third. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was second. Yeah, he was second. So I was third, and the other two guys were... You need to play this game. You, you really, especially because you don't know what cards are coming out, right? It's not yes. like you guys read yeah. all the cards. You really need to play through this game once to to really grasp what can be done in this game because those cards are crazy. Like they yeah. they can be really crazy and, and change yeah. the rules up. But also, it's one of those games where you might think, okay, I need to get as much on the board as I can, and and like really like try to take over as many territories. But the reality is, you're not just getting points for first place. So if you can get if you can have a, a little bit out on the board all over the place and you're scoring yep. in every ter- territory, you get a lot of points for that. You also, if you can take a card that allows you to score your territory immediately, mm-hmm. you want to do that because it might give you 10 points. Whereas, you know, if somebody else takes it, they're going to get 10 points. And and so I, it's, it's a little, the game itself is intuitive, but those decisions might be a little counterintuitive to some other uh, area control games out there, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean... It's kind of that we're funny. We're talking about re-nature can be the same way when you're playing with multiple players. Like I think sometimes in these area control games, people feel like I have to win that territory. And like, oftentimes you don't. Oftentimes you come in second in these two places, you're going to score more points than coming in first in this one place. And also on top of that, when you're trying to come in first in some of these, you can get into a dang, you know, brawl trying to win this and spending all your dang meeples 
to like try to win this one and the other player puts more and then you put more. And so I like those decisions a lot of when to lay off, when to put your foot on the gas and try to win. And that's, that's why I, when I was playing the game, I made a couple of mistakes early in the game. And that was one of them was I was trying to control a couple of territories when I should have just been like, you know what, who cares? I'll take second place here and here. And as I played progress, as a play progressed, I started playing a whole lot better and started coming back, but we were long in Dean's dust for <laughs> I was able to really come back. You know what's funny? We you're talking about these games. We never even once mentioned that the designer is the same for Renature and El Grande. That's <laughs> we didn't even say that, but that it is true. Like Cromer made this game along with you know it's Paris Renature that we played last year that we both really enjoyed. Yes. So what what would you put this game at? John? I can't you know rate it right now. Okay. So I like, need. To, I have to. By the way, because I'll read why in just a minute. But I, I need to have some sort of a ballpark from you. Oof. Um, I I can eight and a half to ten. Okay. Okay. Like I, that's why I needed more plays. But like I could see it staying in this. You know, like oh yeah, it's really good, borderline top fifty game. I could see it be one of my favorite games of all time. The more I play it, yeah. I don't know. So it's very high. I loved it. I. We had a comment, by the way. That's why I was asking that. So this is Ryan from Twitter said. I know that's kind of a large, you know, gap there, but I don't, I can't, I got to play more. I don't put a game after one play that high. Ryan said, if this isn't a nine plus for John, I might have to join team Dean. No, it it's very good chance it is. And it, it, and Ryan, it could be a 10. Like it's, it's that good. I really like it a lot. I just got to get more plays. So I have this one rated a, a nine and a half. This one did make my my top 50. For some reason, I left it off my... I mentioned when we did our top 50 last year. I have no clue why I left it off my top 50 the year before. But it's one of those that I know that I love this game. And every time I play it, I'm just reminded how clever it is and how much I absolutely love it. I Yep. So it, it really should be in my top 10, honestly, of all yeah. time. It, it really should. And it might be there. I don't know why. It, is it possible that Blood Rage kind of pushes it out because it's a big area control majority game. Maybe, but you know, I have, okay, so I'll take rising sun and might be a better example. I think I had rising sun higher than El Grande, but I I like El Grande better than, than rising sun. So I guess this probably would be, I know why that borderline 10 territory. You started looking at the minis and stuff and rising sun. And you're like, this, this is going to rise like the sun. (laughs) No, I think part of it. And El Grande is not, a super good looking game. Yes, that that is a big part of it. Honestly, it's it's not beautiful, but you probably love the cover of this box, which is, I not good. It's not my favorite. <laughs> I probably love it. I mean, it's for it's it's what you would expect, I guess, <laughs> yeah. for this type of game. But anyway, one complaint that I have. This is not a complaint really. So I have the big box. I actually would just be fine with the base game, but I have the big box because it was so much cheaper to buy the big box than the base game. But now both of them, I think, are are pretty difficult to find. Is that right? Yeah, I would. I would. As we were when Dean was doing his kind of talk about the game, I was looking, and they are like if you want like an English copy. If you're if you don't if you're in another country, I think the only English copy in it was forty five dollars, and the box was messed up and stuff on Board Game Geek. I actually went to eBay and looked at completed listings, and they the cheapest completing completed listing was. Recently was like eighty nine dollars plus twelve dollars shipping or something like that. Oh, okay, all right. So we are looking like there's probably places, and again, like depending on your country and your your language, there were some that was more like someone had one for ten dollars, and you know maybe I should just get that and then print off the 
nah, I can't do that. Yeah, that would be. It, there's a lot of text. Yeah, for sure. that's the that's the problem. That's why I'm hesitating. But anyways, this one needs to be reprint. There's, I can't oh imagine gosh, that this so one. So bad. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Anyway, really love El Grande. Now that's our that's our bunch of games. Let's move on to our showdown in Meeple Town. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the moment you've been waiting for, where we will pit similar games against each other and each decide which one is the best. This is the showdown in Meepletown. Showdown time. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Before the showdown, I do have one quick uh, thing that I wanted to share. It was like a little meme, and this is just like a little comic relief. And my friend posted. It's a really good one. It says, the three hardest things to say, Dean. One, I was wrong. Two, I need help. Three, Worcestershire sauce. (laughs) (laughs) You just crushed it right then. I think I did. Maybe you did. I don't know. I think I did. But that's pretty funny because when you first really get all emotional, it's like, yeah, you're right. I have a hard time. And then it throws that little joke at the end. Is this the first time you saw that? Have you seen that one before? Mm-hmm. That same joke? Yeah. Oh, Lord. Years ago. It's like an old <laughs> joke. It's a good joke. It is. It Did is. You, no, it, it is really funny. I like it. Can you say that word? Worcestershire? <laughs> Worcestershire? That's what I always say. I don't know if that's right. I say Worcestershire. Worcestershire. All right. Yokohama, Yokohama Duel. Let's let's just do a rundown. John, why don't you do a, run, a quick rundown of Yokohama, and then I'll do a quick rundown of Yokohama Duel. I threw you on the spot. You okay yeah, I don't care. Okay. I mean, in Yokohama, it's a, um, what do you call those types of games? <laughs> worker placement? No. I mean, it is. I mean, worker placement slash pick up and deliver. Sorry. Worker placement slash pick up and deliver. Basically, you're going to be putting out your assistants to start off your turn. You can play two assistants in one spot, or you can play three assistants in three different spots. And then you're going to be moving your El Presidente around and however many assistants plus a president, plus if you've built, you know, some trading houses or maybe you've built a shop on that particular area will determine the power of that area. So maybe you do a power three action if you have two assistants and your president and nothing else on there. Maybe you have a power five because you've got your shop and all kinds of different stuff on there. Um, You also have to travel through your assistants in this game. So like that's where kind of like the... The, I guess pick up and deliver is not the right. Yeah, word. I was gonna say I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't put my it in apo- that category. My apologies. It's not that. So it is pick up though. Yeah, it's not pick up through and deliver. worker placement kind of. It's not pick up and deliver, but it made me get those feels because the way that the worker, the president moves around. Um, so yeah, so you have to because you have to move through your assistants, and if you move through a spot that a dean has a president in, then he's gonna score. Not score. You're gonna have to give him a coin, which a yen, which is really nice in this game, a whole lot nice. So you're a trying to like nice. you're trying to work around them or whatever, but yeah, I mean, basically you're fulfilling contracts with those resources, um, and just doing just different things. You can go to the church and score points in the church uh, by giving up different types of resources, and there's several different places you're doing that kind of stuff. But that's that's kind of the gist of what Yokohama is. That's right, and then Yokohama Duel is very similar to that. the The biggest difference between the two is that instead of like building this path for your president to go. You have these power cards, and you'll place the power cards on top of the different spots. And most of the time, that's going to block the spots. The difference, the the exceptions to that rule are the technology spot, where you get your technology cards, and the place where you get yeah. your orders. Every other place on the board, when you place your power card down, it's going to block that spot. Now, the interesting thing is that your power cards are labeled one through four, and you can upgrade all of those at the end of every round. And so you can change your one to a, a, a two, your four to a five, and, and then everything in between. 
when you place the car, that counts as the same power as what John was talking about in Yokohama. So like if I lay down, you know, if I have four, uh, a level four car, that's going to allow me to do a level four action on that spot. Also, if you have any trading post or any shops in there, that'll add to the power. And you also have these power, these like power boost cards that are one-time use that you can use. Mm -hmm. You start off the game with it, but also you can get them throughout the game as you complete orders and things like that. But that that really like the gist of it is the same at that point, right? You're you're completing orders from those resources that you gather. You are gathering uh, church cards. You know, taking the church action. You're taking technology action. Um, there is one spot that is. I don't know if this is different because I, I it's been a while since I've played like a larger player count of Yokohama. But there's a spot on the Yokohama dual board where you can swap out resources. Now that that spot is not on a two player game of Yokohama. But I can't remember if it's in the higher player counts. It's move. It's been a while, which is weird because I actually prefer that, you know, at a higher player count. But you prefer Yokohama at a higher yeah, player count. Yeah, but you still have the foreign agents to allow you to take actions, extra actions, yeah. and things like that. So, but but you know, the gist of the game on both of them is is the same. There you go. Let's talk about the showdown part, John. Let, let's hear let's hear it's your thoughts time on these. For a showdown, we're gonna show down. Let, let's talk about Yokohama Meeple first. Town, since you described down in Meeple Town. Since you talked about, I gotta talk them both at the same time. Talk them both. All right, go for it. Talk about them both at the same time. Okay, let me just talk about my positives and negatives. Okay, for both of them. First of all, the big positive for me in Yokohama. The big plus, I wouldn't say positive, the big plus side is just the way that you move your president around and place out the assistance. I do like in Yokohama Duel the card play because those are grueling decisions and how the positive to Yokohama Duel is that you're blocking spots. And I like that. I like blocking spots. So you're like got this power three card and you're like, mm, do I risk it because I really want a power four action in that spot, but if I risk it and Dean takes it, which I did plenty of times and that happens a lot, and Dean does take that spot, it's like, dang it, I should have just taken the three. But I got I would have gotten an extra resource. I like that in Yokohama Duel. I just prefer the way overall the workers move around in Yokohama. What do you think? Yes. In a in a in the higher player count, yeah. I, I really enjoy well, I mean in general, yeah. I like the way that the those assistants are moved around the board because it adds that extra layer of decisions that you're making. Yeah. And it's unique too. You you don't see that I don't know of any other game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I can't think of anything off offhand that that you've that you do that for. This it has maybe a similar feel to like um to Istanbul where you're like moving sure. along that path. And that's but, why I, th- that's why I think I said like pick up and deliver. Yeah. She almost has that feel, but it's not yeah, at it, all. It is pick deliver. up though. You're picking up sure. and you are delivering orders. You're just not doing it through those. And like having to go to a specific spot to deliver. That's you right. You have to do that. That's right. Which just is f- why I wouldn't call it that. A free action on there. Now it's interesting because like efficiency and how you like basically run that trail is is really really important important. it's funny though like so john and i played this because it's you know we want to make sure we had it fresh uh on our minds i don't think i've ever done this in yokohama but i didn't i didn't unlock any other assistants in the entire game the entire game i have i have the same whatever however many assistants that you start off with and i won (laughs) And I won, but I it was a close game. But but still, I completed more orders. That was crazy. It is. It is because you you. I, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but when you when you do something like on the church board or do something on the uh, oh goodness, what's that other board? 
not the church board, where you have to put your meeples out on the on the import board or whatever. That's like yeah. The, honestly, I was gonna say it earlier, but I couldn't remember the name of it. Okay. <laughs> so when you complete a task on one of those boards, you're actually removing the assistant and putting it into that spot, and so you get less and less assistance unless you unlock them. But I was unlocking buildings really well, actually, just not yeah. unlocking the unlocking the assistants. So yeah. Uh, but but those decisions are very interesting. I like them a lot. They are, and I, like there's something satisfying about like feeling like you like you've been building up to an action in Yokohama. In Yokohama Duel, you're just laying down a card. You're going to have those cards, but you're like, oh, I've dropped a you know an assistant there, and for over three rounds, I've prepared that area for being able to go boom, power five action. Yeah, and it just feels really satisfying. The other yeah. one, it doesn't feel as satisfying. It does feel satisfying to block someone whenever you know that they're going to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you got the action, but it's just more satisfying in that scenario. What do you? What, Which what, so the, that's one of the good things that you mentioned, John, because one of the things, and this this transitions my thoughts into Yokohama Duel. Yeah, I guess. But I was going to ask you something that you really like about that. So I I really like the assistance in Yokohama for sure, but in a two player game, even the even though the board is tighter. You don't have as much interaction. It, it you can. You don't have to. But you know the game that we played, we only did that. Like we only gave each other coins like twice or once during the game, a piece maybe. And and yeah. so like the the interaction, you can avoid each other pretty well for the most part. Not always, but you can do it. And and I think that's one of the things I've liked about Yokohama Duel Plays is that is that 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 tightness it, it tightens everything up a little bit more yeah. in a two-player game where you don't really feel that in in regular yokohama wait i was gonna ask a question was this top, was yokohama top 50 game for you yes okay me too both of us had it as as a top 50 game mm-hmm. so just kind of keep that keep that in mind as we're talking about this because we both really really love yokohama a lot a lot yeah that's exactly right um i'm trying to think of things that i liked <laughs> i guess i'm kind of showing my hand a little bit but i'm trying to think of things that i prefer in yokohama duel I do like how you get to take the cards and upgrade them at the end of the round. You kind of feel like you're building an engine, like, all right, so now this is not a power two, this is a power three, kind of determining when those were going, you know, to do that. Oh, I do prefer the way the export tokens work in Yokohama Duel. Right. Because when you flip those over, they go from one point value to four. And so if you collect a bunch of those and flip those over, that can be a ton of points in the game. Yeah. Compared to Yokohama, and I mentioned this is the spot we couldn't think of, but you're turning in those import tokens that you get. Yeah. And then that allows you to put one of your assistants on that board and gain points and, and a benefit from that as yeah. well. Uh, one of the things, so uh, one thing I love in both games is, is the technology cards. I really love technology cards in games anyway. But I think the ones in this game are really fun. They might give you more points for putting out trading houses or more points for shops or allow you to, in Yokohama Duel, allow you to um, place, do we say you have to place it in order? So lowest, the first card that you play has to be your lowest level power level in Yokohama Duel. But there's a card that lets you one time per round place any one that you want it's onto a space. powerful card. Yeah, it's, so that that's really interesting. I like that. But... I don't know if I like this better, but I do think it's intriguing that in Yokohama Duel, you have 20 of those technology cards every game. The part I don't like is I wish you had more technology cards. I wish there was more options. But the thing that I do like is that becomes your timer. You play four rounds, and each round you reset those five different technology cards. And the thing that I like about it is that every game you're going to see all of those technology cards, and so there's no surprises there. Now, when they come out, can be more beneficial. You know, Some will be more beneficial earlier in the game and some later in the game. 
but I kind of like that you see everything, whereas Yokohama, especially in a two-player game, you're going to see a lot smaller amount of those cards come out for sure. Yeah, I, I like the variety in Yokohama, though. I do, too. But I get what you're saying. Like, it is kind of nice to know what's going to come out, potentially, so... Yeah, but I do wish that there were more because, again, you don't have any more in the box at all. Church, is, church cards are kind of the same way. There's only three, I think, three or four that are left in the box, and so there's not a whole lot of variety there. Yeah. Um, one thing I do like better in Yokohama Duel, though. Okay, so if you build up your power, okay, so there's this step where you can get high power cards. So five is the max that you can get for the the action that you're going to take. Mm -hmm. But what if you have more That's power true. than that, right? I like what you're talking about. Then yeah. if you do in Yokohama Duel, there's these cards called high power cards. And so you get a bonus for having a five power. You get a better bonus for six and then an even better one for seven. So like, let's say on the card, it has a coin, an import token, and then another import token or something like that. So if yeah. you play level five, you get that coin. If you play six, you get a coin and the import token. And so seven gives you all of the, the benefits on that card. I really like that because it, it's, it gives you an incentive to put higher value power out there than just, you know, the max of five that you get the bonus for. True. So I think, I think that's really interesting. Well, plus, you know, your power for the church cards and for the technology cards that will, that's a benefit as well. But in, in those other locations. I think that's cool. Yep. All right. So you want to do your overall? Yes. Kind of just general. Like for me, I like Yokohama Duel. It was fun game. If I had never played Yokohama, um, I would pick this game up. But it goes back to like a lot of these like card games and stuff that we play. For me personally, I would just rather play Yokohama but Yokohama is a, yeah, it's a really high game for me, but I would rather play it. So I thought the Yokohama duel was fine. What did I rate Yokohama duel? I don't remember. We did it. We did it on the YouTubes, right? I think I gave it a seven or a six. And it's I think not released it, yet. We just recorded it. But. Oh yeah. I think I gave it like a seven saying like, because I am, I'd be usually willing to play it because it's a good game, but I'm not going to suggest it because anytime it's my suggestion, I'm going to suggest Yokohama. Yeah, and I'm, I get that. I, it's kind of a weird thing for me. I don't know longevity. I don't know. So I have the the Yokohama back this on Kickstarter. I'll talk about that in a little bit too. But I back this on Kickstarter, and I've and I got the deluxe version of this. I don't know how. It's really nice. I think I'm gonna keep. I know that I'm gonna keep this in my collection for now. I I prefer Yokohama, but with this caveat, if I'm playing a two player version of this, I think I would rather play Yokohama Duel. I mentioned this in the video now. It takes away the the assistance that you're talking about, but it adds more tightness to the board, which I really like that quite a bit. It takes away time. Um, John John will argue with this one a little bit, but the the we, we, it was probably really annoying. We probably argued about it for like ten minutes. <laughs> That's on, probably on right. YouTube video. That's probably right. But it, this is a shorter game. Yokohama Duel is a shorter game. Though what we argued about was how much shorter. Um, potentially 30 plus minutes. You know, potentially 45 minutes. Maybe not that long. I think you can probably play Yokohama in. Uh, a little over an hour in a two-player game. Yokohama Duel, on the box, it says 45 minutes, and I think you can get your time down to 45 minutes, although our playthrough is much longer than that because you're talking through all of your turns and all that. But I prefer, I like that. I like it, that it, that it mostly the tightness, but also that it shortens up the game a little bit. It does. Both these games are kind of a bear to set up, but I would say Yokohama Duel is probably a little bit easier to set up 
Yeah, oh, definitely. Definitely a little bit easier to set up because you don't have to put out all those boards. Everything is out on the, the main board. So for yeah. those reasons in a two-player game, I, I would prefer Yokohama Duel, I think. Yeah, I disagree. Is that all you're going to say? Yep. No, I mean, <laughs> Dean and I did, like, I just feel like Yokohama is not, you know, I th- Dean, you said you think it could be 30, 45 minutes different. Is that whenever we were talking the other day? It could be, yeah. Like, you were thinking uh-huh. 45 versus an hour and 15, I think is like a 30-minute at least difference. Yeah. I'm not sure it's that much different. Um, it could be. Like, I'm saying that I'm not, I'm not totally arguing with them, but I would say for me, in a two-player game of Yokohama, I feel like it's usually between an hour and an hour and 15. Um. And Yokohama Duel is 45 minutes. To me, that's not a big enough difference for me to go. If Yokohama was like an hour 30 plus game for sure, like every time I play it, then yeah, I actually might see myself getting Yokohama Duel going, okay, I can save some time. But because it's not, even a, a you know 30 minute, I would say max difference is maybe not enough difference for me to go. You know, but I do like some things about Yokohama Duel. If it was just the time frame, it wouldn't it wouldn't push me over the yeah, edge. It's just some of the changes. But and the stuff. the tightness difference yeah. is what is what really really makes me like Duel better at a two player count. And I like Duel; it's good. Yeah, that, that's why I think I gave it a seven. Which like you would maybe think I would give it like a six and a half, but like I mean, yeah, sure, I'm usually willing to play because it, it was good. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't. I'm not going to go get it because I'd rather just play Yokohama. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like longevity for me, I'm, I'm not, wondering if I'm you might. Sure. Yeah, like I'm wondering, is it good enough to where you, if you're going to play one of those games, you would just say, you know what, let's just play Yokohama. Because it's also like the box size is about the same. I mean, or maybe the same. It might be exactly the same. Now that I think about it, it's not like a it's not like an Agricola all creatures big and small or a Caverna Cave versus Cave where it's a small box and you can have both and they play different enough, right? Those sure, games yeah. play play different enough, especially Caverna. This one, they're really similar. And so do you need to have both in your collection? Maybe not. You know, maybe not. But I'm not regretting backing it because I've really enjoyed the plays that we've had so far. And I think I still like the system enough. And I think it's different enough that I'll keep it for right now. But long term, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? If you had the chance, would you back that thing up again? No. <laughs> Let me talk about this. I know you're making a joke, but I'm going to talk about the Kickstarter for just a minute because I don't think I can not talk about it. Um, I will have a harder time backing a, a TMG game in the future. This was, it was a bit of a mess with how long it took. It's actually listed. What, what do we say? Yokohama Duel is listed as a 2018 game. It's 2021. <laughs> it took a little bit longer to get here. And a you're, wee bit longer. And you might be thinking, okay, you know, behind the scenes, COVID, all that, which is totally, and I'm not one to like, if a game comes out a year late, that's fine. I would like some communication with that, though. That would be really helpful. I mean, when you... I would say take someone's money. <laughs> there were some angry people when, you know, our games are sitting in the in the warehouse, just sitting there for months. And, and the same thing happened with the series of games. Uh, what was it? Belfort and... Uh, what was it? I don't remember what the other I don't was. remember. There was another game. It wasn't Luna, I don't think. But anyway... This is a this isn't a one time occurrence. This is yeah. has been like this thing that's been going on for a while, and and I don't mind if it's delayed, but it would be nice to have some sort of communication. But it was constant, like I don't know, I don't know what's going on, and that's that's frustrating. So yeah, I would be really frustrated because I mean, you already when you back Kickstarters, you usually pay a lot of money to wait a long time. Yeah, I mean it's just like right, like you're gonna wait a year probably, and you're gonna pay. 
oftentimes a minimum 60 bucks, but a lot of times you're paying 80, a hundred dollars. That's an, so like to have that like strung out over like two years and not to have communication, I would have been pretty frustrated. Yeah. But here we are, you know, the production is phenomenal. Oh, like it looks it's great. It's such great. a beautiful game. The, yeah. the board is amazing. It's dual side. So you can play sitting next to each other or across from each other. There's a lot of really cool things about that. So the production and the game itself, no issues. It's just, mm. I'm going to, I'm going to question and I love TMG. I love their games that they put out, but man, I don't know if I wanted to go through that again. And I, I don't pay attention to stuff either, but this one, I was like, Oh, I've got all these other games that have been fulfilled and they were supposed to be fulfilled after that. And yeah. anyway, it is what it is, whatever you want to do. But I just felt like I needed to say that if you're, if you're looking at some of their games moving forward. So anyway, John prefers Yokohama in all circumstances. I would, I think, no, I do. I prefer duel in a two player setting, but Yokohama will still take the will still take the cake for me. I still prefer it, and it will probably continue to be in my top fifty. Whereas Duel won't won't oh, be in my top fifty. What yeah. a great game! It yeah. reminded me of how wonderful it was. Yeah, it's pretty fantastic. So and anyway, how bad I am at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that will do it. This may have been a lengthy episode. I don't know, but John, tell people how they can get in touch with us. If you are enjoying our podcast, well, we'd love for you to rate it, no matter what, I guess, and you know, give us a little feedback so we can, you know. Talk about on air and get some laughs. You know what I'm saying? Go to Meepletown Games and check out all of our stuff. MeepletownGames.com. Excuse me. We're at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we're board game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. You know, John, we didn't even talk about Yokohama Rollin' Right. How pumped are you about that one? You love a good Rollin' Right game. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, it's just going to be like, like, it's just going to be everything else. Like, I just want to play the original game. I mean, we've talked about this a hundred times. When have we ever played a card game or roll and write version and we said, wow, that's better than the original? It's never, it's not going to happen. None times. Does it have to be better than the original? I mean, why wouldn't you just play the original then? This is a thing. Why do we need to have collections (laughs) with 500 games in it? Just find a hundred or so games that you really like and keep them in your dang collection. What if you really like That's my strategy. But you're, yeah, but how many games do you have? A lot. That you're probably never going to play. Like, in reality. Like, you're probably never going to play it. Well, yeah, but I've also... The reason I haven't sold a lot of my games is because of COVID, but... Yeah. But, yeah, I I agree with that. But if you like rolling right, which a lot of people do, go for it. And you can be a collector kind of... Like, I get it. Like, I'm just... I'm messing around. If you have... Grumpy John, no, you're not. If you have 500 games, that's great if you enjoy it. Like, but, like, that's my my strategy. That's my... The way I go about my gaming is, like, I'm like, hey, if that beats that, then, you know, get that out of here. There we go. So, that's what I go with Yokohama. Like, okay, Duel's good game, but Yokohama beats it, so get it out. So Yokohama Rollin' Right. Rollin' Right comes out. I don't care. John highly recommends it. I don't care.